This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, June 26th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Farm bill amendments roll in as debate begins. Canada stands firm on Class 7 dairy policy. And Purdue makes case to farmers for China trade aggression. Farm bill amendments roll in as the debate begins. The Senate yesterday kicked off what's likely to be a relatively low-key week of debate on the farm bill this week. Senators voted 89-3 to yesterday evening on a procedural motion necessary to begin work on the bill. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell called for the Senate to continue the bipartisan approach to the bill taken by the Senate Agriculture Committee when it voted 20-1 to on June 13th to send the bill to the floor. Senate leaders are expected to allow a relatively small number of amendments to be considered, but they have yet to say which ones will make the list. The first proposed amendment started rolling in yesterday, and they included one sponsored by Senators Mike Lee of Utah and Cory Booker of New Jersey to impose new restrictions on checkoff programs. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont filed a series of amendments, including one that would use the Environmental Quality Incentives Program to get farmers to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions for their fertilizer applications. Another Sanders amendment would expand the eligibility of students for food stamps. Behind the scenes, other senators are still working on getting changes included in the bill without having to propose an amendment. Senator John Bozeman of Arkansas says he's working with Ag Committee leaders to find a different way to fund the Farm Bill energy programs. An amendment adopted in committee would fund the bill's energy title by cutting subsidies to textile mills that use domestic cotton. Canada stands firm on Class 7 dairy policy. Canada is willing to talk about its controversial Class 7 milk pricing policy. But the country's farmers are far from willing to let go of it, Quebec Premier Philippe Quilla told AgriPulse and other reporters last night. Class 7, which the U.S. is demanding be dismantled in talks to renegotiate the North American Free Trade Agreement, was the main topic when Quilla sat down with Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue at USDA headquarters. Quilla said after the meeting, This is a question that remains open for discussion, but I did voice very clearly the point of view of our farmers in Quebec, which constitute about 50% of dairy production in Canada. The U.S. dairy industry alleges that Canada is using Class 7 to both block imports of U.S. dairy products and subsidize its own exports, stealing global market share away from the U.S., Secretary Purdue met with Quebec Premier Philippe Quillat and reiterated USDA's position that Class 7 has to go, the USDA spokesperson told AgriPulse. Purdue also argued for greater market access for American products. But the Premier stressed that Class 7 is extremely popular with Canadian farmers and viewed as a key component for success in the industry. It's an important issue. This does have a significant impact on the revenues of our dairy farmers. Purdue makes case to farmers for China trade aggression. USDA Chief Purdue told farmers yesterday he understands their fear of taking on China in a trade war that is certain to lead to stiff tariffs on U.S. soybeans, corn, and wheat. But he also stressed the Trump administration's need to follow through with its threats. 
Purdue said in an op-ed that was published in the USA Today, there is no denying that the disruption in trade relations with China is unsettling to many in agriculture. But if the president succeeds in changing China's behavior, American farmers will reap the benefits. The U.S. is now threatening to put tariffs on $450 billion worth of Chinese goods to punish the country for intellectual property theft. China's threatening its own tariffs as well as retaliation on U.S. companies doing business in China. The first round of tariffs, $34 billion from both countries, set to begin July 6th. Purdue didn't go into detail on the benefits to be reaped, but he did reiterate a promise to come up with a program to help farmers who are hurt by Chinese trade retaliation. USDA chief also did not give any details on what such an assistance program would look like, but farm state lawmakers have already said they don't like the idea. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa said we want markets, as he spoke with Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross about the aid program last week when the topic came up at a Senate Finance Committee hearing. Iowa lawmakers to Trump avoid trade wars. Grassley was just one of all of Iowa senators and House members who fired off a letter Monday asking him not to conduct a trade war with China. The lawmakers wrote, Farmers are currently experiencing a five-year, 52% downturn in our agriculture economy, and these tariffs are taxes Iowa families cannot afford. Iowa Representative David Young, who also signed the letter, said in a statement, I do believe the administration has good intentions, but nobody wins at a trade war. And Iowa's farmers will be hit hardest if the situation is not resolved quickly. Biodiesel groups ask for reliable blenders tax credit. Frustrated over years of never knowing for certain if Congress is going to come through with the renewal of the biodiesel blender tax credit, Nine fuel and transportation groups have banded together to press Congress for at least two years of stability. Nine groups, including the National Biodiesel Board, sent a letter yesterday to leaders on Capitol Hill asking that they extend the dollar a gallon through 2018 and 19. Unfortunately, the uncertainty caused by the on-again, off-again tempo of legislative extensions, including the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2018, which retroactively extended the biodiesel tax incentives through the end of 2017, has somewhat frustrated our sector's ability to anticipate the availability of incentives and make the necessary investments, the group said in a letter. This severely disrupts access to capital, as well as the ability to hire and expand. Fourth of July cookout a little cheaper this year. Your July 4th cookout will cost a bit less this year, in part due to larger output from American farms. A feast of hot dogs, cheeseburgers, pork spare ribs, potato salad, baked beans, lemonade, chocolate milk, and watermelon will cost less than $6 a serving, that according to a survey conducted by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The group says the cost of the cookout is down less than a percent from last year. Farm Bureau Director of Market Intelligence, Dr. John Newton, said, We are seeing record meat and dairy production in 2018, so that has also influenced retail prices. And so for consumers, this year's 4th of July cookout costs will be slightly less than last year's. Milk production in 2018 is projected at a record 218 billion pounds contributing to lower retail milk prices. Competition is benefiting the consumer, particularly in the meat case. 
pork spare rib prices dropped the most, falling 6% from last year. And while low prices may be good for consumers' wallets, they're hurting the farmer and rancher who only net 7.8 cents per food dollar. Newton said this is a very tough time for farmers and ranchers due to low prices across the board. U.S.-Canada wine dispute heats up in Geneva. Canada has exercised its right under the World Trade Organization to block the first attempt by the U.S. to set up a dispute panel to hear its complaint on British Columbia's retail restrictions on U.S. wine sales. That according to Geneva trade officials. Obstructing the first call for a dispute panel is a common ploy by defendants in such WTO cases, but it also shows the level of discord between the two countries that are also at odds over a host of other issues, including recent U.S. tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. U.S. trade officials told AgriPulse that they see the issue as a clear violation of WTO fairness rules. U.S. wine can't be sold on regular grocery store shelves along with Canadian wine in the province of British Columbia. The province requires grocery stores to display the U.S. product in a separate store within a store that is physically separated from the main retail outlet and has separate cash registers. Canadian representatives and the WTO confirmed that the two countries were not able to work out their dispute in consultation the first mandated step of the dispute process. British Columbia implemented the store-within-a-store policy in 2015, and U.S. vineyards immediately recognized the size of the threat. Canada is the largest export market for California wine. California sold $444 million worth of wine to Canada in 2017, that according to the U.S.-based Wine Institute. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, June 26th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.